This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up, I am Bone? And I am Beam. Lots to get to today. Oh, do we have some stuff to talk about. Big doings in the world of soccer. We have in the Premier League Decision Day coming up on Sunday. That is going to be huge because we actually have a title race that goes down to the wire the first time in a while and a european chase race yes for champions league and a relegation and a relegation race. race we have all of it coming up this on sunday so i i'm i'm excited to talk about that we will do that later on in the show also a huge monumental week for the women's national team yep. u.s women getting paid equally to the men we will weigh in with our thoughts on all of that Uh, And we will also talk about some goings on with your Columbus crew. The salary numbers have been put out and we can see who earns what in MLS, which is always a weird thing because I know it's not weird because it's sports, but it's Mm -hmm. also kind of weird because it's like people's jobs and it's just, it's good to see MLS start to look more like pro leagues in that regard, but get to all that in a second. Uh, Beamer, we, there was a huge rumor that started off the week that, I don't know if I'm shocked by more than I'm just, I'm wondering when it will officially happen. Well, and neighbor is, Eric has been saying that this rumor has been starting this rumor for like the last five years. So <laughs> it makes all the sense in the world. The rumor is that Lionel Messi is coming to major league soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Get in there. One Let's the go. So the, the story came out. I want to say it was direct TV. Some, some arm of direct TV news that, Broke this. I okay. didn't know DirecTV had a news arm, but Me let either. him live. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, they they reported this that uh, Messi is going to agree to ownership with the Miami club, which I keep wanting to call the Miami Fusion. They are not the Miami Fusion. It is Inter Miami. Well, and you have to say Inter Miami too. You can't just say Inter because that inter. gets confusing. Yeah, because it's very confusing. You might for people. be tempted to think that's Inter Milan, yeah. and and right. No, it's not. Not even close. So, uh, Lionel Messi supposedly is going to get a thirty-five percent ownership stake in David Beckham's club. Whoa, that's a lot of ownership stake right there. Um, I'm guessing the Miami club is valued somewhere between four and $600 million. That'd be my guess. Given what MLS teams have gone for over the last few years, maybe slightly higher than that. Maybe three quarters of a billion. I don't think that, I mean, I I don't know what they're valued at. I'm just kind of throwing out the, the figures that always tend to get thrown out around MLS clubs. It's somewhere between 300 and 600. They don't have a stadium. Not yet. They say they're going to well, get but, it, but wait to make it happen. Wait until we build ours. Yeah. A non-nuclear wasteland. Yeah. Ask New York city FC how that's going. Mm-hmm. It's real easy to get a stadium built in the giant city. It never fails. There's yep. no problems. No one ever gets mad about it. Anyway, uh, that whole thing should be a valuation around, I'm guessing six to $700 million. I don't know just because they're one of the more sought after clubs and because Beckham's attached to it. So I don't know if that is actually, you know, if we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars of value that Messi gets out of this, but uh, supposedly he would come over here, not this off season, but next off season for the European leagues, right? 2023 yep. summer transfer window. I'm guessing they were not talking winter transfer window, nah, not in the middle so. of the, you know, everything that PSG is going to be involved in before so. their inevitable crash and burn in the champions league. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe he wants to leave before that this time. So he doesn't <laughs> have to be there when it happens again. <laughs> anyway. So that. That would mean that at probably 36 years old, Lionel Messi would be, or 35, mm-hmm. depending on when his birthday is, because he's 34 this year. Uh, Lionel Messi would be joining up with MLS. Would that be something that would motivate you to go to, let's not say a crew game, because I know like you you go to plenty of crew games. Mm-hmm. I go to plenty of crew games. We would go no matter, we've gone for many. What are you saying about my MLS fandom, that it's not the biggest in the world? <laughs> No, I'm saying we've gone for many lesser stars at MLS games because we love the crew. We've yeah. gone and supported that. I'm saying if Lionel Messi 
was playing in Nashville. Okay. Let's say that is the closest MLS stadium he is going to. And let's say you can get tickets for a reasonable price. Let's say 80 bucks a ticket. Okay. Plus you a and, drive and a stay. Plus a drive and a stay. But it's a nice town. Nashville's not a bad town. Uh, you and Meredith are going to take off and head there for a weekend. You have a chance to get two $80 tickets to go see Messi. Would you be motivated to go see Lionel Messi in the flesh, even though it's, you know, not him playing in Europe and it's not him in a world cup. Would you still want to go see that? Me personally? Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, I would not personally, but I know people that would, I mean, well, you regard, I'm, but I'm not asking those. I'm asking you because you're would, here. No, I wouldn't because I have no affiliation with Nas- Nashville and they ripped off everything that the crew did from being yellow and, uh, everything. I mean, even if he were to go to, I don't know. Let's, let's say, say Chicago. You like Chicago. That's I like a good Chicago. Town. It's a good town. Go to, right. Let's say he's playing in, against the fire. He's going to be, you know, for Inter Miami, they're going to play there. Maybe that's a better town to give. Would you got like? I'm just trying to think of where. Where would? I mean, I know we would go to a we would go to a crew <laughs> game. Right. That's not even yeah. a question, right? I'm saying like because I'm trying to think about the European soccer fan who isn't affiliated with an MLS team mm-hmm. who this is supposedly going to be huge for, right? Like I'm, I know there will be people who will go to this. I'm, and I'm quite sure there will be a lot of people who do not go to MLS games. I just wonder how many people who uh, 10 years ago, if I said that you would have been all in, I would have been all in. We, yeah. I'd have driven anywhere to see that guy. play. Yeah. I just don't know if that's the same level of attention that he's going to have now. Not that he's not great. In some ways, also, it's like watching, saying, hey, would you like to go see Da Vinci paint? Right. Like, even if he's just painting, like, stick figures, you're like, well, but it's still Da Vinci, and he's painting. I heard he was pretty good at that. Mona Lisa, et cetera. I I do think there's some of that curiosity, too. But it's not enough to probably get you to drive and see him. Yeah, it's just, it's not going to do anything for me. Um, To be fair... I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, who we also hold in the pantheon of one of the greats of all time, either you're on one side of the argument with him or, you know, you're on the other side with Lionel Messi. To be fair, like Cristiano Ronaldo, player for Manchester United, player that I thoroughly enjoy watching, I wouldn't do that for him either um, because I, I don't know why, Bone. I think that MLS has gotten it right. Like, they've kind of corrected course over the last few years in doing so. And who knows, man, maybe Lionel Messi comes over to MLS and he scores 40, 40 goals in a season. I don't, I don't know what right. he's going to bring um, when he apparently was rumored to make this move uh, down to inner Miami. Um, but I was, I was in attendance. My, the first crew game I ever went to is when I think I was a young, young lad uh, in high school. And it was because David Beckham and the LA galaxy were here in town and all my friends grew up playing soccer. I didn't, but I know, who David Beckham was, and they're like, oh, we need to go, you know, up to up to Columbus, and we drove from Dayton, and we came in, LA Galaxy were in town, and it was a pretty wild experience. I told myself, though, after that day, after that happened, I'm like, I will never do that again unless I, unless I like the team that is involved. Right, right. But I feel like there's so many different ways and different avenues that you almost now – like don't cheer for sports teams, at least the younger generation, like Meredith, she, you know, teaches middle school, right? Yeah. Like kids are not attached to teams anymore. Kids are attached to players and they're more so like, Oh, I'm a big Giannis fan. Like Giannis is in town. I don't care if he goes and he joins, uh, you know, the New York Knicks or if he plays for the Miami heat or the Los Angeles Clippers or whatever. Yeah. Like I don't have an attachment to an actual team. You like the player more than the team. Or at least there are te- players that transcend teams. Maybe that's a better way to say. So it. I found myself in the stadium again. I mean, I'm whenever that game was when he came over I to would MLS. Say that was 2008. Yeah, 2007, 2008, somewhere in that range. So I would have been 15 years old at the time. Okay, 15, right. 16 years old, and I just remember on the drive home after that game, thinking I was there cheering for David Beckham, a man who obviously is a Manchester United great, is a Real Madrid great. Uh, is one of the most notable f- figures in soccer history. I have no personal affiliation or attachment to this person. Yet I live in the state, and I'm in the I'm in the stadium of my in-state MLS team. And I just remember on the on the drive home being so distraught by the fact that I was like, "Why was I cheering for this guy when you have a fan base that is an hour away that is local and doing something in the community?" And so that really like warped my world. 
That is that bit. is very interesting. I did not know that because and, and so I was just, I was at that game too, and I was mad at all the families who were bringing their kids to watch David Beckham. Very mad at me. You were very upset with me, and like had an LA Galaxy shirt. I'm like, I don't know oh. anything about the LA Galaxy or MLS. I'm doing this because it's the cool thing to do, and you want to be popular in middle school or high school or whatever. It's like, oh, I got to see David Beckham play at Crew Stadium, and again, like I was so distraught on the drive home that I promised him, like, not never, never again. I'm not, right. I'm not, I'm not okay. going, I'm not going to do that. Now, I guess it's a different situation. If Cristiano Ronaldo or David Beckham or Lionel Messi are one of your favorite players of all time and you're driving to a neutral site, but like if either one of those guys came to here, like the dot, yeah, right. I, there's no chance that I could bring myself to actually do that. No, we're, we're I mean, I know you'd be there rooting for the crew. Yeah. I would be too. And I, and I, you know, in that game, when Beckham came here, I want to say it was a two, two tie. And I want to say like Beckham and Robbie Rogers got into it a couple times because they were like on the same side and it was it was quite a fun battle there. But they ended up being, I think, teammates later on with the Galaxy, if I'm not mistaken. You're Either right way. about that. Um, but yeah, I, I remember that too. And I remember thinking like I, I got kind of ticked off because I would see like these, you know, what I assume were like Dublin families who all bought LA Galaxy jerseys. And I thought, really? You got the, maybe they had a closet full of crew gear. They just know, left yeah. at home that day. But I... I just thought that was that was frustrating to me as a crew fan. It's like, man, half this stadium is is wearing Beckham's jersey. And it's here. Like, I get coming out wanting to see the guy, but I always felt like I never got to go see Michael Jordan play, but I always felt like if Michael Jordan came to play your team, you were like, Wow, that's cool. We could see Michael Jordan. And I hope he loses. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to boo him because my team, I hope, beats him. And then later on you'd have the appreciation of what you saw, but yeah, you're right. It's a weird thing. Well, but, I mean, there's there's no doubt though that people would be willing to go to of course random yes. MLS city X to go see Lionel Messi play. I know, and I, even at the you know diminished level he would be at, that's still a, a pretty epic thing to watch. I would relish in watching him come to play the crew, and then hopefully the crew dominating inner Miami. I mean, first of all, that would be what I'd want to sign see. us up for that. Like, yeah, obviously, obviously in, oh, I'd be, I'd be in a, for that. Experience. I'd be leading. Like I, I would project jukebox could yeah. have like a week of just uh, coming up with chance and we could just have all kinds of fun with that. I mean, it would be, we could talk about all his world cup failures. We could, Oh God, we could give it to him. It'd be so much fun, but that's not happening this year. It's happening possibly next year. And then who knows if he'll even come you know, it depends on who's on the schedule. My guess is MLS not going to like put Inter Miami whenever he's going to play. They're going to load them up with like New York yeah. and LA, and I'm sure they'll throw one to Austin because Austin's the darling right now mm-hmm. until they're not. FC Cincinnati, by the way, I don't know if you're going to get one either. Just be prepared. Like there will be more new teams coming in, and you're going to get shuffled down again. I know right now Cincinnati's playing well. Congrats on that, but. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to last. Too high. Uh, this is according to the Miami Herald, too, by the way. Two high-ranking Inter-Miami officials told the Herald that the report is not true and there's no deal in the works. Oh, all so, right. Well, we'll see. We'll see, right? I mean, the, yeah. I'm sure Silly they w- season, man. You got to love it. I'm sure they want that to be out there. It's not done. He's very dedicated to PSG, oh, but I mean. We're it, going after a Champions League. Leisure, uh. It will not surprise anyone if it ends up that Lionel Messi is in MLS before his career is done. Maybe just for a year or two. Sure. And it will depend. Is he going to come out and actually play? Or would he come over here and play like, you know, some of the other guys we've seen that have come here from Europe and not done well at all? Neymar because, already says it's a retirement league. He looks oh yeah. forward to the time off. Yeah, he can't. W- <laughs> I'm sure Don Garber loved that. Yeah, well, loved that's, it. Not, that's not true. Loved Neymar. it. Uh, we'll take a break when we come back. Uh, we will talk a little bit about the crew players. They, they're they getting paid. We know what their salaries are. We'll talk about where the crew stack up in MLS as far as the salary lists go. And the U.S. women getting paid. That's very good stuff. It's all coming up next on Bone and Beam United. Brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United, brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot of money in this segment because the MLS salary list came out. Uh, every year, the MLS Players Association puts those out. They used to do that, quite honestly, to shame MLS into paying them more. <laughs> and I think now it's just become like an annual tradition that it's good to see Major League Soccer salaries have increased over yeah. the years, but still not, you know, probably where they would need to be to be, you know, truly one of the top five leagues in the world 
which is where Don Garber says he wants them to be. That's a lofty goal. It is a lofty goal, and it's going to take some time. You know what probably doesn't help doing that is expanding the league every five seconds mm-hmm. because it's going to be harder and harder You know, to get people to pay the money to foot the bill for some of these teams. Right. I'll, the salary disparity between teams right now. Now, granted, you have Major League Baseball where you have a vast disparity between well, you have the no haves and the have-nots. Right, yeah. right. So that is something that, you know, the, the $10 million difference between top and bottom is not much. But when you consider that the value of, like, what Atlanta United is playing its roster right now is that's $20.9 million, almost $21 million. They're twenty. Point nine 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 million dollars. Is their payroll? Uh, yeah, that's okay. their payroll. All right. Real Salt Lake bottom of the league is at ten point four million dollars. So you know, like fifty percent difference between bottom of the league to top. It's not the worst you'll ever see in the world. Certainly, there will be plenty of leagues where that's outsized. But some would argue for MLS. If you want to get to that, you know, next tier of leagues, you're going to have to let the top five or ten teams spend whatever they want well, beyond. And I know they can with the designated player technically, but you know, there, there is a team in this top five that has spent a significant amount of its wage value on one player. And that's, that's Chicago fire. I've done that with Zerd and Shakiri. He's making like 45 or 50 some percent of their entire wage bill is just in him. He is the most expensive player in MLS. And that's, I mean, I'm saying there are teams that are trying to like outspend everybody on just the few players they can, but you're, you're not going to see that until you at, at some point say, all right, you can have 10, Go your, wild. your starting lineup can be all DPs. That's, that's what I think some people want. I don't think we're quite there yet. So here comes the thing with Don Garber and MLS, and you want to get to a level where you want to be one of the most competitive leagues in the world. I think that's a pretty lofty goal. You want to get into the top five? Like, I'm not sure. What the timetable of that is uh, for that to happen. Yeah. It's it's a very weird identity crisis that MLS has because they do everything like we want to European soccer, right? Mm-hmm. You see FC Everything's Cincinnati FC. Yep. and Nashville and, you know, football club and like all these things. Sporting Kansas City. Right. right. Real Salt Lake. Like that's not a real word that people in Salt Lake use <laughs> outside of talking no. about their soccer team. No. And so it's this weird identity crisis of, like, we want to make it as much like Europe as we possibly can. We're going to give you the best experiences. And now, you know, the innovation is growing. Um, Obviously, teams are now putting out more dollars. They're spending on stadiums. They're spending on players, like you mentioned. It's not going to get to that level because you've Americanized it to a way where it has a salary cap. And, like, I understand protecting... I understand protecting the owners and I understand wanting to have competitive balance in your league because we have that here in the States. When you look at the NFL hard cap NBA, you have to pay a luxury tap. If you or luxury tax, if you go over that uh, NHL kind of the same way. And so there's no free market everywhere else in the world. When yeah. it comes to professional soccer and assembling your club, there is a free market and you can pay player X, whatever player X deserves. And it's not going to come towards your wage bill. Now there's a FIFA fair play thing and we can get into how much does that really matter? Oh, we're yes, going to slap you on the wrist. Right. We've but, all seen the ridiculous numbers that are thrown out there now in, in European soccer and around the world. Correct. Like they, you can pay anybody pretty much anything you want. Right. And so it's having a weird identity crisis. So if you're Don Garber and you want to make your league, one of the best in the world, I'm pretty sure you would have to tell your owners, listen, be prepared to spend more uh, because if we want to be taken serious on a world landscape and we want players to come over here in their prime, if they're actually thinking about it against one of Europe's best leagues, we need to be able to pay, pay you whatever you want. And again, you're kind of hamstrung by the DPs and Tam and Gam, my favorite thing in the entire world. But until that becomes a free market, I am under the personal belief that there is no chance that that can happen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think you're, I think you're right to some degree. I am always going to be as the old school MLS fan. I'm always going to be the guy that says, but I get why they do some of this because again, I'm going to bring up the the point where MLS at one point had three owners who owned all the teams. Cause, and they almost had like, I don't know, nine or 10, they almost completely collapsed. Yeah. And there were three guys that stepped up basically and owned the entire league. And then they've they've grown since then. That was around mid like early two thousands, and now they're to a place where, you know, MLS has grown significantly. But but then my my counterpoint to that would be 
if Don Garber is saying, oh, we're doing the best we ever have financially with league-wide MLS, this is our revenue, this is this, this is that, well, then why are you keeping the leash on everything? Let's let it run. And, I know. And see if, it, and see if it has the ability to do that. Yeah, and I think that's that's a real big question is where does MLS go from here the next 10 years? You know, you got the World Cup coming to this continent yep. next cycle. So do you want a lot of your players around the world on these teams that are going to be playing the World Cup to actually be able to play in cities where they might be playing their MLS games, that would be huge, right? That would be a big connection, even if it's not a U.S. men's national team player, although some of those will exist. I'm just saying that's that's a big thing to consider over the next few years. They've already done the CBA, I want to say, up through that, so it's not likely to change by then, but it's a question that MLS has to answer, and at some point, these owners have to spend money. Well, I will say this for the crew ownership, as much as I have not been a fan of the Haslam's at all points and all times. Uh, crew, their salary is $14.9 million, how much they're paying for uh, the players this year. Now, p- the performance has not been where you want it to be, but they are spending the type of money that you do need to do if you want to be one of the better teams in the league. They're a top 10 team in salary in MLS. That's something. Mm-hmm. There's 28 teams in MLS that basically puts them top, God, top I've third lost, of the I've league. I've lost track of how many teams there are. I know, MLS. right? 28? Yeah. And it's 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 something to see that the crew are at least in that category. They're spending more on their roster than LAFC is, spending more on the roster than DC United and Philadelphia, New York, and you know, Nashville. Some of these, you know, at least in those those most of those are big cities. Nashville's the new hotness, you know, but those are things that I, I think are good for the crew. I'm very curious to see what they do this summer transfer window, because you know they need to go get a forward. And you know they I need feel to spend like they, some money. They understand the pressure that's on them from the fans, right? At least well, you would hope. You would hope, right? Like you, you're the Haslam's of- have to be getting that from everything from going on with the Browns, where you just gave a guy $230 million guaranteed to be your quarterback, and, by and the he's way, got all some of questions. That, all of that goes into a bank account. Like, that's a check that Jimmy and D Haslam had to write. Yeah, they've written it. It's, it's in escrow. It's yeah. sitting there. It's not all been paid yet. But, yeah, when it's guaranteed like that, it's gone. Like, it's out of their hands. That's liquid. Liquid so, cash. So, it's going to be tough to look crew fans in the face who know that. Yep. And then when they say, Hey, we can't score goals. You go, ah, yeah, well, uh, hope you can make that work on some gam and Tam. And you know, <laughs> let's try to No, you got to You got to <laughs> right. sign a guy and br- you, you may have to break another record like you did with Lucas Zellerayon. You might need to do that again to show the fan base you're committed to this. And I, and I hope they will. We'll see. I hope they will, but that's what I would want to see as a fan. Uh, and, and hopefully, they understand that. Well, I just, you look at the situation, like all crew fans understand, like you gave away Giassi Zardes yeah. and scored a goal. So already like, all right, money coming back because now we're hitting accelerators and boosters on Gotta, the TAM yeah. and or GAM yeah. that we're receiving for whatever amount of goals that he scores. So like now you're, you know, cheering for Colorado all the way. Um, but I don't know. It's just like, You've had, you've kind of had pleas, I feel like, from the Columbus brass, right? Like, we need help. We've identified yeah. guys. We haven't been able to get this done. I think it's almost like a plea to kind of like to the Haslam's, like, hey, they, they need to go we, and spend that money. We need help. Like, yeah. you want to be a big player and owner of this team, and that's awesome. But like, we've given away a critical piece of our offense. Lucas Zellerayan cannot do everything. You just saw the horrible performance that you had in New York over the weekend. Uh, yeah. And now, like, you know that it's not a strategy until the transfer window opens that you're going to have to spend your money. You're almost in a situation now where you're having to win fans back from that move that you already just employed on the team. Yeah, you really do. And I, and I'm not sure if they can, they can make that happen as quickly as they want to, but man, they are spending a lot of money on this roster. One of the guys that is like the highest paid goalie in MLS now is Aloy room. He's not been great this year. That's a bad thing, right? So it's not just about spending money. They got to spend it the right way. And, And no one would have besmirched them for, Spending money on room, he had been pretty great over the last few years, but he has not looked like himself this year. Maybe that's because there's some new guys on the back line getting adjusted to all that. I don't know, but he has not looked like himself. Also not good on the road. No. I saw Morgan Hughes tweeted something out yesterday uh, or a few days ago that was in the three and a half years since Caleb Porter got here. I mean, yeah, there's an MLS Cup to speak for. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. On the not good side, uh, you've won seven road games in three and a half years. That's bad. Seven. Three and a half years. That's like a decent number for most teams in a year. And yep. you've not you've not won double digit road games since he's been here. Like total. That's bad. 
That's really bad. Okay. I'm just going to point that out and move along. <laughs> That's you know all what? I'm going to say. Here's that. That's here's, here, here's, here's all this, that. Here's this nugget. All right. When we come back, I promise we will talk U.S. Women's National Team and a preview of the Premier League, the final day. That's all coming up next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United, brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United, brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. So the U.S. women's national team, the U.S. men's national team, and U.S. soccer have all agreed to a historic equal pay deal. This is that? monumental stuff for uh, both the men's and women's national team. This is a battle that has been going on for, it feels like decades, but definitely years uh, between U.S. soccer and the unions that represent the women's and men's national teams. What's really cool about this, now this runs through 2028. Uh, they get both paid on identical terms. Uh, they are going to equalize World Cup prize money, which that's been before a barrier that kind of made this inequality a reality, well, right? Well, it's because the inequality is a reality when you look at the number, when you look at the actual dollar amount from pools of men's World Cup compared to women's World Cup doled out by FIFA. Yeah, yeah. So there is. There's a... so. FIFA decides to pay more for the men than they do the women based off of, I'm sure, TV rights for Mm -hmm. both those tournaments. That does not mean that the federation that gets the money has to pay the same. Correct. Right? Um, Now, also, it's important to note, U.S. Women's National Team, there was a settlement where the women got $24 million in a settlement from U.S. soccer prior to this. But in that settlement, U.S. soccer agreed to a promise to make sure that there was an equal pay situation. Um Cindy Parlo Cohn, who became the U.S. soccer president uh, and and formally played for the women's national team, she was pretty pivotal in making this happen. Makes sense, right? I mean, she's someone who lived it, who saw the disparity, who saw the U.S. women's national team do better than the men's team in many cases and get paid much less. So I I, I know there are people who have some feelings on this, but I got to be honest, Beam, I don't think it's largely soccer fans that have this issue. Like, I think most, at least U.S. soccer fans, I can't speak for around the world. Sure. But U.S. soccer fans, I think, looked at this and said, yeah, pay the women. They're great. We have no problem with equal pay on that. I think a lot of people, including me and you, said pay the women more than the men. Because look at what they're doing on the world stage compared to what the men did. Right. Uh, Last time I checked, uh, World Cup champs, women's side, last time around before this cup qualifying cycle, U.S. men's team failed to make it. Right. I think World Cup champs failed to make the that's, cup. That's the thing is you have a lot of people who never watched or barely have watched soccer who tend to weigh in when these subjects hit because I don't know, they they flip on whatever news channel they watch mm. and it's like suddenly a big deal to that news channel that never talks soccer otherwise. <laughs> but suddenly it's in their face and they go, hey, that's not fair. And they go, women's sports don't get as viewed as much as men's sports. And to be clear, women's soccer around the world Probably, I know it does not do the same TV number around the world as the Men's World Cup. The Women's World Cup, Men's World Cup are viewed differently. The Women's World Cup does, though, still garner tons of views, way more than I think most people understand. Regardless of that, I always look at it this way. Can't control FIFA. FIFA's stupid. We've talked about how corrupt they are. Mm -hmm. Move them aside for a second and move aside the amount of money they pay to the U.S. Federation. Does the U.S. Soccer Federation want there to be a great men's soccer team representing the United States at the senior level? Absolutely. Yes, they do. Yeah. Do they want the same thing for the women? Do they also want a great soccer team representing the women's side? Yes. Yes, they do. So if you want that pay every like that. So you want equal greatness. Humans are humans who are playing like it's, it's not easier to play women's soccer than it is men's soccer. It's not. Women are playing as hard as they can against each other. It is extraordinarily competitive at the highest levels. Men's soccer, everyone is playing as hard as they can, extraordinarily hard at the highest levels. We can talk about what you think about if one men's team played one women's team. That's not the argument because they never do. Correct. The argument is... not a real thing. Yeah. The argument is, like, do you want to be the best? Pretend they're not different sports, right? But pretend it was you're, you're at Ohio State and you want 
a great football team and a great basketball team. Mm-hmm. You you want to pay for the best in those in those respective categories, so you pay for that. You try to do your best to to make everything as equal as you can because you want to be the best. And I and I think that's what ultimately worked out for the women's national team, rightfully so. I do wonder if they had not had the success they had, Beamer. I wonder how many people would have gotten behind. Like, not you and me. I, I think you and I would have been on board with that. But sure. I wonder how many people would have struggled with the idea of paying the women as much or if they would have even been able to get this far if they had not won, like, five World Cups or whatever it's been that they've four or five World Cups now that they've won. Like, I wonder if that would have been as big of an issue or if most people would have said, ah, okay, whatever, Megan Rapino, who cares? Yeah. I don't know. Alex Morgan, I don't care. Like, I, I'm glad the women got this. I think it's kind of telling, though, that we'll never know if they had never won a World Cup and the men had never won a World Cup, if there would still be the fervor to get this done. I'm glad, though, it happened regardless. I just, I'm skeptical of how humans work, I guess is what I'm saying with all of that. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I think it's great. I mean, you want to talk about the most dominant team on planet Earth. I mean, just go back to when the U.S. women's national team played here in Columbus a month ago. So yep. final score, 9-1, to 10-1. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do that over and over and over and over again. And they also do it in the, on the biggest stage uh, in the world when the World Cup comes around. And the same thing in the Olympics. Um, so I, I think it's a great deal. I know they've been fighting for this for a long time. Uh, tip of the cap to the U.S. Soccer Federation because they knew they messed up. And they said, you know what? Everything that we get from the cup and bonuses, everything is going to be the same. I think it's a good job. You realize the mistake that you made. Okay, fantastic. Let's move past that. We're good. We want both parties to be elite at what you do. And this is the first step in the stage to putting you both on the same playing field. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's very interesting. Um, so to talk about that World Cup prize money share for a second, uh, FIFA creates that because FIFA sucks and they're mm-hmm. stupid. And FIFA can talk all they want about equality and all this other stuff. They don't put their money where the mouth is. FIFA rewarded the men's teams at the 2018 World Cup with a total of $400 million based on performance. Yeah. Uh, France, for example, they won the 2018 World Cup. They received $38 million. The entire pot for performance at the 2019 Women's World Cup was only $30 million. Yeah. So France got more, $8 million more than the men's their team Their federation. Yeah, their federation, yeah. Yeah. they could have done whatever they wanted with it, right? Mm-hmm. But their federation got $38 million for winning the Men's World Cup. The You'd, you'd have to take every team's, every country's combined from the Women's World Cup and you wouldn't still get to what France got. Uh, the U.S. Women's National Team received $4 million for winning by comparison. So it's it's a pittance comparatively. So good that U.S. soccer said, well, that's like, why does U.S. soccer have to adopt FIFA's stupidity, Right. Like and if, you don't, and if, they didn't. If you get more money for the men's team not doing as well as the women's team, well, it's all going into performance, right? right. And it, you can't help that FIFA doesn't value that, but U.S. soccer can. And by the way, there were quotes. You had some of the quotes, I think, from, I, I want to say like Tyler Adams had some, Walker Zimmerman had some, where they were very much saying, all the all those players were saying, we want this. This is good. We, we support the women being able to have this. Yeah, uh, Walker Zimmerman, uh, said he's obviously you know who Walker Zimmerman is if you're listening to this plays for the U.S. men's national team will feature prominently here in the World Cup and Cutter in November there was a potential chance of making less money no doubt about it but we also believe so much in the women's team we believe the whole premise of equal pay and ultimately it was a big driving force for us again these are CBA's different parties having to come to an agreement on this like it's fantastic job Walker Zimmerman standing up he goes yeah you know could have got contentious but we as a men's team came together and said, you are also representing our country doing a better job than we are. Why are we doing this? We want to be the driving force behind this. So I think it was a good job by them. Tyler Adams also said they're extremely proud of what the players were able to come together on in this new CBA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting too, because I was trying to figure out what, what would hold this up if all the players were saying they wanted to do this and why did it get held up? So they're saying that one of the things that made this difficult was that World Cup prize money. That was one of the big things that was a sticking point because previously it, it was hard to overcome the disparity, right? So they could say, U.S. US soccer could say, hey, if you go play in the World Cup uh, and you're a woman, you'll get $10,000 and the men will get $10,000. Yeah. But then when it comes time for the bonuses at the end, well, you, you know, the U.S. men's national team, if they make the World Cup, which mm-hmm. they now have, but previously they hadn't, you know, they get more 
per capita because there's just more money given to them by FIFA. So they never even considered, let's just put all that in a pool and split it up evenly and just call it the World Cup Fund for all, you know, your team, both teams. Mm -hmm. And that I could see honestly having some, could you imagine if that was in place in 2019? So the women get back from winning the World Cup. Jeez. The men don't play at all. Don't get any bonuses. And there's, yeah, I mean, and then I I don't know. Maybe because they didn't play, maybe they wouldn't be eligible for a bonus because who no would you clue. give it to because right. nobody actually played. But, yeah, that the idea that, sure, I could see that being contentious, but good for everyone for getting over that. Uh, apparently, Cindy Parlo-Cohn basically said, "There's this is non-negotiable. We have to split the prize money yep. from FIFA. If you want this to work, we're going to have to split it. So that's how this deal got done was her saying, we can't negotiate any further until that happens. And, and they then, said it, until, it, until we both got in the same room with each other, that there was no, no middle ground in this. And then they got room actually started having these conversations. Well, why? Cause there's probably representatives from the men's side saying, Oh, they'll never go for that. Right. And then, you know, then it's and like, then you well, get Walker Zimmerman never... in a room. It's like, Oh, Hey, that sounds great to us. Well, don't forget. I mean, Another another weird thing for people who don't follow women's soccer know how this works. The NWSL used to, the, you know, the current women's soccer league that is the big soccer league for women in the U.S. They're, they're MLS, basically. That soccer league previously was supported by U.S. soccer, where the salary, like, so Megan Rapino or, you know, name your player. Right. You know, they would, they would be given a salary from U.S. soccer for also playing on the pro team. Correct. So that was kind of a supplemental thing to make sure that while those pro teams are getting off the ground over the last few years, let's give a reason for the U.S. players to stay here and not go overseas. We'll supplement their income. Now, NWSL teams pay their players all out of their own pocket. Mm -hmm. It's gotten to that point. And so now that makes it a little easier to break apart what you get as a national team player versus what you get on your local team. So that's the same thing with more with the men have, right? Where the men make whatever they make playing all over the world. And then they come back and play for the U S and they get a certain stipend. They get a certain amount and you get a bonus for winning or those it's kind also of things. a great incentive to be picked for the national team. It is, now. Of course, that's, that's one of the reasons you want to do it, but it's not like they're becoming not like these players get $7 million each to go play in the world cup. I mean, right. you're talking tens of thousands of dollars per appearance. You might be able to bank if you're really good and you play in a lot of matches, you might be able to bank a couple hundred grand over the course of a world cup, you know, year, unless you win the cup, unless you win the world cup, then it's different. Right. But this is good to see that now that that money is not the sticking point. They've actually made this happen. So I'm just glad to know. I'm just glad to know that if you do good things and you are the best at what you do in the world, that you finally get rewarded like it literally in every Avenue of life. If you're the best at what you do, you get rewarded financially and the women's national team, now being rewarded as such. Yeah, agreed. It's uh, it's good to see and it's deserved. All right, let's switch gears and let's talk a little bit of Premier League. Oh, boy. Don't know if you heard, Beamer. Kind of a big week in the Premier League. This is decision day on Sunday. 11 a.m. Yeah. They yeah. all get going. By the way, love it. I mean, you get 10 games all kicked off at once. Mm-hmm. It's just this the is, best. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so we have got quite a few things at stake here. Manchester City has a one-point lead on Liverpool entering the final day of the Boy, season. Boy, was that close to being a deficit. It was, right. Last week against West Ham. It really was, right? And then Liverpool in the midweek, they had a struggle. Yeah. They got down a goal and then had to come back and get the 2-1 to one victory to keep pace. So, Well, they yeah. also played an FA Cup game the final last yes. weekend. Like, they've right. been playing a lot of games. Yeah, there's the a lot of soccer that's been going on. Um, so here's what it all comes down to. Uh, City hosts Aston Villa. And if they win, they over. it's over. It's done. Yeah. Liverpool is a point behind. Liverpool plays Wolves. So if Liverpool ties and let's say City loses, yeah. goal differential would come into play. Wait, I saw somebody. Goal uh, differential six for, in favor of City. So that's not really a thing. Bleacher report or I don't know, whatever it was, tweeted out like, if this game ends five to five and Liverpool win six, nothing, like we're going to. It'll be tied. And I'm like, well, first of all, there's not a world in with which that's possible. I don't even know how that. Yeah, I, I don't know how that could happen because right, City could get a point for, or oh, I'm sorry, Liverpool could get a point for tying, that would tie them with Manchester City. But how would you make up a six goal differential if you're tied? Nobody knows. I have no that's idea. That's not. I don't know how you I'll could possibly to, do. I'll that. try to pull up the stat for okay, you. Okay, fine, very dumb. fine. Okay, then yeah, 
basically Liverpool, uh, they need City to either tie or lose, and then they need to go win. That's So for Liverpool, it's non-negotiable. Go win the game. And then you hope that City somehow, and I don't, again. Uh, here it was. I think Villa's, Villa's talented. I, it's going to be shocking to me if City's not able to just win this thing outright. So if City lose 6 nothing versus Villa, which I have my doubts about that, uh-huh. and Liverpool draw 5-5 against Wolves, then the title will go to a playoff match. Oh, jeez. Okay. So All right. I have my doubts about Aston Villa beating I guess, yeah. City 6 nothing. Well, wouldn't it be ties by any score? I don't know. I have no I would clue. think it would be ties. That's why I saw unless it. There's it a, unless there's a total like, goals thing. I don't probably. know. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Fine. Uh, barring that unlikely scenario, it's very likely that Liverpool basically just needs to win and City needs to either tie or lose for Liverpool to get the title. Uh, Manchester City has had quite a few disappointments, mm-hmm. certainly, uh, during this run, during this season. But, you know, they can <laughs> They can, they can go out and make all that right. This is the one thing that they're playing for now. Yeah, they can go out and make that right and go get this done with uh, a win over Aston Villa, and that would be just about all you need to do. Yeah, so I don't know. Where are you at on this, City or Liverpool? I have a hard time thinking that City's not going to win. I believe the stat I saw is that there have been eight times previous where the Premier League has come down yep. to the final day. Mm-hmm. And of those eight, I want to say that the team that was – Leading going into the day has not been won jumped. all eight of them. Yeah. So this is the ninth time. Yeah, it would be the first time in history that it would happen. The team in second place would jump the team that is top of the table. So I think City wins. I don't think they have a problem uh, with doing that this weekend. But that's not the best part because you also have a bunch of other things, mm-hmm. Bone, that are that's happening right. uh, this weekend. You have an unbelievable battle for fourth place going on for the Champions League for this year. Both on thirty-seven games. Chelsea play today, Thursday. But um, they've they've already clinched. A, they can finish no lower than fourth. Correct. So Chelsea's they're in tech. They're they're good. And yes, they do play as we're recording this on Thursday. So Tottenham and Arsenal are your four and five spot. Uh, they are fighting it out for the last spot in the Premier League. Arsenal take on Everton, which is a fantastic matchup because Everton are fighting off relegation. Uh, And Tottenham, by the way, take on Norwich. And Norwich, by the way, have already been relegated. Yeah, Norwich is, this is their last chance. This is their last Champions League. Their last Premier League match for at least a year. Correct. I mean, at least a full season plus. So they're going to have their ears pinned back. They, I mean, I'm sure there's probably some some point of pride where they don't just want to go out and play this ridiculous and it's style that, like their their fans will be into the game because they yeah. know it's your last time in the premier league i'm just saying not forever I, maybe i don't know if norwich will go out there with the idea of let's just play reckless and crazy and bomb forward and if we give up three goals oh well because there is that whole thing of like hey we want to play the way we play to be fair to everyone in this situation we just want to go out there and play our game so maybe they won't change everything up tactically if i were them I'd throw all those cares aside and say, we want to be, we, this, we want to give this to our fans. And I don't care if we play different than we usually have. I don't, yeah. I, I would take the 10% chance that you go forward and you win the game doing that. I'd much rather see that happen if I'm a Norwich fan, but I don't think that's likely for them to do that. And Tottenham doesn't need to beat them. They just need to tie. Correct. And they'll be good. That yeah, is I in part because I, Tottenham beat yeah. Arsenal not too long ago. And that's going to say, I guess I this. forgot off the uh, most important point, their point totals. Yes, Tottenham on 68 points, Arsenal on 66. Arsenal need to win, Tottenham need to lose because the goal differential is a heavy favorite uh, by Spurs yes, right now. absolutely. So uh, that's <laughs> that's going to be a fun battle to watch. We will keep our eyes on that. Sorry that your Manchester United are not a part of that. Yeah, I'm over it. I mean, they're they're close, but they're not there. Close hey, is no cigar. fighting for European League. That might that's, even change. We've yeah, got that battle on yeah, tap too. Yeah. Um, now we will switch gears and talk about the uh, final part of this whole relegation or this whole, you know, decision day, which is the relegation battle. So what we already said, Norwich is dead. Watford the team. Dead. I adopted this year. I killed them dead by adopting them. They, they ended up with, they may end up with fewer points than Norwich, which would have been unthinkable to start this season. Right. Cause Norwich was so bad at the beginning of the year, but now Watford is only like a point ahead of them. So if Norwich were to like pull the upset or something on Tottenham, they, they may finish ahead of Watford anyway, that doesn't really matter because the teams above them are the ones that are actually fighting for that final 18th spot, fighting to avoid it, we should say. Everton is in 16th. They have 36 points. They play Crystal Palace at 
Everton uh, Thursday. Uh, and then they play Arsenal on Sunday. Right. So that <laughs> that may change the outlook for all of this unless, you know, I'm hoping Crystal Palace just takes care of Everton and then it's all down to the same point totals again. Oh, wouldn't that be great? That would be fun. I mean, that's what you want on decision day, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Everton fans want to like punch me in the face for saying that, but who cares? You got yourself in this situation. Now get yourself out of it. Burnley is in the same spot where they have 34 points. They play Villa on Thursday. So if that game also could go Villa's way, then it keeps everything the same. Newcastle is on Sunday. Leeds does not have a game Thursday. Those are not, those are makeup games from previously in the season. Leeds has 35 points. They play Brentford on the road on Sunday. So there is a chance that Everton and Burnley both win their Thursday games. And then this isn't as much of a relegation battle, right? Because then that would put them on 37 and 38. And so, yeah, Leeds could technically catch both those teams, but Burnley and, and Everton would have much less to do to stay afloat. So that that will depend a lot on what they do on Thursday. My brain hurts. I know. From talking about I know. all this. Anyway, it's a lot of math. It's, just, just, it's decision day. Here's the thing. Post up at Zaftig. Yeah. All the games will be on or as yeah. many as they can fit on their TVs and then go enjoy all of this. Get in front of a TV and just crack open a beer and Get enjoy a beer your and Sunday let morning. Let the announcers explain to you what the hell's happening. Enjoy your Sunday morning. That's we, exactly right. We don't do a good job at that. No, well, that's it's not my job. It's not. It kind of is. Math is not our thing. Right. That's right. Um, and now I would be remiss if I don't bring up this last part. Okay. Sunderland. I'm going to spend a minute on Sunderland because they play Wickham on Saturday. Sunderland, my boys, they have one game, one game, one chance to finally redeem themselves and get out of the third damn division of English soccer. How many years in, in a row have you been in this game? How many times like, have I, you been seven, in the playoffs? Seven years, and they've only <laughs> been relegated, I think, for four of those. Anyway, the point is, it feels like an eternity they've been stuck in this game. Now, earlier this year, Sunderland played Wickham. And beat them three to one at home. Okay. So this is not at home. Obviously this is them going to, you know, play at Wembley, Mm -hmm. but this should be a game that when you consider the stadium of light is a much better field than where Wickham plays, which I assume is a backyard of some bloke, (laughs) right? They play it's, in some gross I'm actually, place. I'm actually picturing it right off. It's a bloke. They call it a garden because it's England. They play. Yeah, where it's, do you picture it's it? Some, it's some bloke's backyard. That's but right. In between the backyard and the pitch is a seaside dock. And <laughs> Wayne Rooney is just firing soccer balls at people <laughs> left and right. And there's a shrimp boat out there. Yeah, your shrimpers are out people there. From, things. People from Southend are just mulling around. I have, to be fair, I have no clue where Wickham's at. I don't know where Wickham is. Either. I have no idea. It's well, probably you know it's worth, be? worth a quick Google. It's going to be in the third division. They're going to stay. They're not going to go. But anyway. I'm picturing them. It's like it's always gray. 364 days out of the year. That's it's gray right. in That's Wickham. Right. Never mind that Sunderland is actually like, like on the sea, very close to the sea, being on the river, and then they... The river by Newcastle and Sunderland goes out to the sea. Anyway, uh, whatever. All I'm saying is Wickham, they they play very deep defensively. Sunderland was able to take advantage of that. When they played on a good field, when they didn't play in the craptastic whatever it is that Wickham plays in. Uh, now you have no excuse, though, because it's being played at Wembley. So That's what I'm – well, no, I'm saying Sunderland played on a good field at the Stadium of Light. Their field is infinitely better, and now they're going to Wembley where the field is infinitely better than either of those fields. Wickham is so between London benefit. and Oxford, by the way, not okay. on a sea. Oh, it's very upsetting. They're landlocked? Very yeah. landlocked? Okay. They do have a river that runs through it. Nope, that's actually a highway. Never yeah. mind. Okay, whatever. Um, Ross Stewart has been the guy for Sunderland. He is a player who I think can have a big game here. Watch out for him. He's actually scored quite a few goals against Wickham over the years. So he's When's the last time you've watched a Sunderland game. Super fan. Uh, it's probably been a couple months. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm watching this one. Actually full disclosure. I'm not going to be able to watch this one. No, no. Hang on. I have a good reason. Yeah. I have a great reason. What is it? The uh, <laughs> Marysville Red Panther, not Red Panthers, Red Pandas. Red Panda. They, the lady my, that flips the bowls on her head during no, the halftime show? <laughs> they're named after her. Our uh, Marysville girls U11 team, or U12 team that my daughter plays on, is playing their final tournament games at of Wembley. the season, I wish. Uh, no, we are, we're playing not at Wembley. But 
The games start at nine. There's three of them. It's a tournament and they're just back to back to back. So I'll be from nine to, I think one, I'm going to be at a youth soccer field. So what time does this game start at 10 on Saturday? Oh yeah. You're so there's not, I, I can't like, I can't, I'm not going to miss my daughter's final games, right? I have to be there for those. I want to be there for those. I will probably have the phone cranked on to ESPN plus mm-hmm. so I can watch this and see some semblance of what's going on. But I will be there in spirit. Yeah, that's right. I will be wearing, I will be wearing, I'm wearing a Sunderland jersey now. I will be wearing another Sunderland jersey that day in support. I will not be wearing my crew jersey. So if you see me out at a field and you go, hey, there's a guy in a Sunderland jersey, that's probably me. But if you see a ginger with a silver beard, (laughs) that's me. And if you see me ignoring my kid's soccer game and watching on my phone, that's what's going to happen. I'll probably have to do that. But. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to bring beer to the youth soccer sure, field, but I who feel cares? like nobody's enforcing. I feel like rules. I should be allowed to do that, Just and I feel it, like put I'm it in a yeti or something. Yeah, well, I'm going to bring a cooler. Oh, so you're who fine. Who says the cooler can't have some beer in it? Nobody. Exactly right. All right. Well, I'll be cranking beers at my kids' youth soccer game Does on it Saturday. Make me a bad friend if I want Wickham to win solely because of uh, Akafenwa. Oh, Akafenwa. Am, am I a bad friend? No, for that? no, it's fine. It's fine. Akafenwa's right. the th- he look man. If he wins, fat athletes everywhere win. Yeah. I'm a fat athlete, a hashtag fathlete. So I, I get that, but I am not going to be rooting for him because of course, Sunderland, I, I need them to go up. And also this is a little bit of family business here. Brother bone, big Peter bro fan. Oh God. They got relegated. They're down. They're going down. If Sunderland could pass them ships in the night and go up to the second division, <laughs> I get bragging rights. So I'll be, I'll be happy about that. I'm pretty sure. So. I'm pretty sure that's right. I don't know. Who cares? I think Peterborough's going down. Who cares if they're not? Then Peterborough. Cool. These are bad guys. <laughs> bad bad guys. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to all this. I hope you enjoy it. As always, you can message us on Twitter at Bone and Beam United. Make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast as well to get exclusive parts of the podcast like this that are not available on the air when these shows end up on the air. We will talk to you guys next week. Champions League preview coming up next week. We'll have fun with that. Till then, enjoy all the soccer and take care.